Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I, I don't know if I was interviewing Greg or Greg was inter interviewing me, but uh, Greg Lansdowne from England, from the UK, has uh, written one book and has another one just coming out, actually, about soccer cards, especially Panini stickers, in fact. He wrote the book about it, and we batted that around. And uh, so a lot about soccer, a lot about uh, what's going on uh, across the pond. So thanks, Greg. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, sponsors. Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huxley Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Compsy.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Soccer cards are here to stay. They're going to be all over the world. And if you love soccer, you're happy about that. If you don't, it's never too late to join the party. I'm bullish in the long run and appreciate the research efforts of, of Greg and others who uh, are really trying to help improve the knowledge base of our industry. So thanks, Greg. Thanks, everybody. Here it is. Since I wrote my first book, I've spent a lot of time reading up more about the hobby in America. People in the UK would have no idea, even now, how massive it is over there. And it is massive over here in a certain way, but not in a way where there was loads of shops and cards were going for ridiculous amounts of money. People in the UK up to about a year ago wouldn't have a clue. And I started to read up on that, started to read your website about six or seven years ago when I read my first book. And at that point, I didn't know. I remember writing one of your colleagues about three or four years ago, asking about the national and exploring the potential to have something over here. At that point, the hobby wasn't big enough, but I think in another three or four years from now, it may be worth reinvestigating. It seems that in the UK and Europe, collecting, there's more about complete sets. It's like the original Panini stickers, yeah. they were yeah. intended to be stuck and completed. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of the cardophilic society and collections that I've seen in uh, England and UK, they're complete sets. And yeah. some of them were issued yeah. that way. The superstar orientation of really just focusing on the very high dollar card and rookie cards, it seems like that's not as prevalent overseas. It wasn't, but from 18 months ago, that's it's changed. I think North American collectors changed that. When the pandemic began, there are a lot of people from America buying up football cards and football stickers that previously worth about a pound or two pounds. Now, if you try to get the hundreds of pounds or thousands of pounds. About 10 years ago, I, I found all my old Panini sticker albums. Now, I know stickers are not as big in America. It's more about the cards. But, but for us, historically, it's been about the, the stickers. And about 10 years ago, I found all my old ones from the 80s and 90s and thought I would try to finish them. And I was steadily working my way through them up to 18 months ago. And at that point, it's pretty much impossible now because some of the stickers you would have to pay hundreds of pounds for. And you're better off if you've got that sticker, not sticking it in there. You might as well keep it and sell it and make a thousand pounds rather than swapping it. It's com completely changed. And a lot of that was uh, the power of the internet because yeah. people were traveling yeah. back in the day, uh, South America, Europe, were, uh, maybe Australia a little bit, but mainly South America. Collectors mm -hmm. used to go down there to get the cards that went there yeah. that were that were difficult. Yeah. But I, I think if you're talking about the last 18 months, it's basically, mm -hmm. were these online, uh, were these websites or online auctions in the UK and Europe that American bidders were? It was eBay. It, it, it was simply eBay, and, and and I think people from America was coming on and saying, "Wow!" For for instance, even big names, it it didn't matter to us. Every sticker was worth I, the same because I, it was one spot in the book. Yeah. But we were seeing people from America spending lots of money on certain players, and then people over here thought, "Oh, 
I better not sell that George Best or that Pele sticker for £2 because uh, it's obviously worth a lot more money. And now you try to get them and they, they will cost you. You realize, and I don't think most of my listeners would realize this, is that in the early days of Panini stickers, you basically could buy a bunch of stickers, stick them in, and then you could get the ones you needed from the company. Yeah, up to 50 yeah, basically, and I don't think it was sporting to say I only want the superstars, but it, it, it was very community-based. Yeah, you know, that, that's trading. the thing. People would only order the ones that, that they, they really that they actually need, need for their album. I don't. I, when I collected the 80s, I don't think I knew one person who had the foresight to think, I'm going to order the 50 most famous players, or I've got them or not. Nobody had that way of thinking. Every sticker was the same as another it filled a space in the album and when you got to 50 to go then you would order it and that was it but i don't think anybody ever ordered stickers that they didn't actually need for the album whereas now obviously it's completely different i got into the american sports card hobby in the early 70s and but before that it was somewhat like that in america in that you were just trying to complete your sets uh, not recognition really of rookie cards. You just needed the cards and you were trading. And maybe for Mickey Mantle or somebody super famous, you'd trade two or three for one, but it wasn't yeah. like a thousand for one. Very parallel. But then sometimes Europe is a leading indicator and sometimes it's a lagging indicator. So <laughs> what you're saying probably was inevitable. I'm wondering if people did pick up on that earlier. And I'm sure some did. But, but it's, it even, it's it even took Panini a while because um, now they've had a missing stickers service online for quite a long time now. And they've had to take some of them off. So some of the rookies. So, for instance, the Women's World Cup 2011 Panini album, you won't be able to get Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, Marta. You can't get those. You can get almost every other one, but you can't get those. And it goes the same for the men. So certain Mbappe stickers you can't get, Zinedine Zidane. They're all off, but you can get the vast majority. The way stickers are produced is similar to cards. They're done in a big sheet and then chopped up. We had a company here that's defunct now, but Wildcard, where they had to hold back some cards for redemptions. Yeah. That was the yeah. most famous example. You need a whole warehouse for that. And yet mm -hmm. what people want to redeem uh, or or exchange out are the very best cards. But I don't think that they were producing special extra sheets of these better players, women yeah. or men. Yeah. So when that's it, there was always a perception with Panini that certain ones were produced in higher numbers than others. But actually it was that the clubs and the players that the collector supported, if they got a double, they would peel the sticker off and put it on a school book or their bedpost at home yep. so it wouldn't go back to be swapped. But everyone was produced in the same way. With these Panini stickers, there were millions produced. Even what are now perceived as rare or, or rookies, the Diego Maradona one that went for $555,000. There are loads of them out there. but. A lot of the people who collected, obviously a lot got stuck in an album, but I, I'm also sure there are lots of loose ones, but Italian people who collected that album would have no idea that those stickers are now worth so much money. So I'm convinced lots of them exist, but it's just a case of the people who collected probably don't know where. You wrote the book, and basically there's four things that could happen to a sticker from, say, 40 or more years ago. In, yeah. Let's say the 70s, okay, when they're, yeah. they're tougher. One thing is that they could be stuck in the album. Let's just say for sake of argument, 25% of the stickers were, were stuck in the albums. And 25% of the stickers were stuck on other stuff, like you said, a yeah. school book or something. Yeah. And then I think it's less than 25%. We're just kept in yeah. the pack. Yeah. See, it. they're yeah. just sitting there. I think that's a minority. But then there's a more than 25%, I think, that are just lost, thrown away, 
Yeah. You know, people did not save them. They had them for yeah. a season at the end yeah. of the year, whether they were stuck or not. Yeah. So I think what's left, I don't think it's 25% for each of those four categories. Mm. I think less than 10% are still around mm. unstuck. I think the rest of them were either thrown away or yeah. stuck in the albums. But you're saying that there were others that were stuck on other places just because that was cool. If it was your favorite team, then a lot of people, when they had a double, they would put it on their school folders yep. and um, and all over. But I think another key at that time was that when we had doubles or loose stickers, we didn't necessarily keep them in pristine condition. So we wouldn't put them in penny sleeves, but we would wrap them in an elastic band so they'd be curling over and getting a bit dog-eared but people didn't mind swapping them because that's what people got back we filled the album that was our goal not to get lots of pristine blue stickers at the end of it a lot of people when they finished their album they would throw all of their doubles up in the air for people to to scramble around in the, in the playground trying trying to get spare ones they're flimsy anyway they're not substantial that's part yeah. of the, the charm of it that mm. it wasn't a premium product it was intended yeah. to be a consumable yeah one of the things that's interesting that i wanted you to speak to just the local loyalty aspect whether it's national or city of soccer that they're regional or city or <laughs> national loyalties that are over a lifetime for some of these uh, players and leagues i guess it's a little bit like baseball or football that you grew up in Dallas, so you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, or you grew up in New York, and so you're a Yankees fan. There's in England for sure. There's different ways you're going to latch onto a loyalty, and it's a lifetime commitment, and it's very passionate. It is. I do fear for the the current generation. Well, I say fear. Obviously, everybody has their choice, but I feel that the kids of today are far more interested in following individual players than teams. Up until a year ago. I had never seen one child in my local area wear a Paris Saint-Germain shirt. Now, since they've got Messi to go on top of Neymar and Mbappe, it's almost the most common shirt, football or soccer shirt, that you will see of young kids playing. Which, and, and if it's not that team, it'll be Barcelona, or before he joined Man United, it'll be Juventus shirt for Cristiano Ronaldo. So they're not local teams. That worries me a little bit in terms of... Uh, the, the long-term future for, for some of the smaller clubs. But, but, but certainly we have a pyramid of football, even going down five or six levels where you get thousands of people watching. And it's the, the fifth tier, which is the one outside the Football League. Sometimes you'll have five or 6,000 people attending those. And those are attendances that some countries would love for their top division, let, let alone the fifth division. We, we, we have had passion for over 100 years. Hopefully at this point, it's still doing very well. But I, I do fear as we go on that uh, some of these lower clubs might struggle. It's on telly so much these days. When I was growing up, we didn't get to watch Barcelona or Juventus or Real Madrid. We read about them. We never saw them play. So we couldn't really have these players as our heroes. Whereas now you can watch them every week. I think in America, there are collectors that are going after soccer cards now and inflating that market, even yeah. though they're not really soccer fans in some cases. No, no, I doubt no. that's the case in England and other places, that these are soccer fans, and because of that, they're collecting the cards. And now some of them may be infected by the American mentality of superstars. And am I right about that? I just think there's a national passion for soccer, and it bodes well for the future of soccer cards. Oh, definitely. Uh, but there it hasn't are... happened in America yet. You, you have the more traditional collector who collected Panini stickers in the 70s, 80s and 90s. 
now they're a bit older, they can afford a whole box rather than a couple of packets. So they're collecting World Cup sticker album, the Euro, the Premier League, and they're collecting exactly the same way as they did. But there's also stranded collectors, and, and I would say they're probably more in the younger generation. They're setting up Instagram feeds, YouTube channels, and they are pretty much entirely there for the investment. Definitely inspired from American collectors, many of whom also are mainly inspired by how much cards cost. The rookies, yeah, that is definitely more prevalent. We, we have actually got a couple of card shows that have started up in recent times, mainly focused on the investment side. There are some graders there or people who explain how you get your cards graded in America because that's still very new to us. You, you'll have a lot of slabbed cards at various prices. I think older collectors would probably be a bit surprised if they turned up to that there by what. But the youngsters, they're definitely a bit more savvy. And as a result, their knowledge of football has grown because they take a lot more interest in a lot more leagues trying to find the rookies before everyone else latches onto them. I'd imagine that's what's been going on in America for decades. Absolutely. Is doing all right.